my name is Janet. I live in Liberty, Missouri, and um, I have had a series of near-death experiences. I don't like calling them near-death experiences because I don't believe in the fallacy of death, but I'm going to share what my experiences were as I've had multiples of these. And, um, and I think it's important. It's interesting that lots of people are interested in these kinds of stories right now. And I think there's a reason for that. I think we're very hungry to know ourselves spiritually. So my experience starts way back when I was a little child. I took a tumble down the stairs in a walker when I was little and had head trauma, um, a concussion, two black eyes. I was bloodied up. Uh, so my mother said that I didn't walk or talk for a really long time after that. And, um, and I think, you know, growing up as a little child, I was really super sensitive to spiritual things. I was highly sensitive. I had to have dreams and visions and have visitations and um, feel and sense. I was deeply empathic. And as I, as I started to grow into that, I realized very quickly the rest of the world was not doing that. And I didn't have language around it, so I didn't know what to do with it, those, that part of myself, and I buried it deep down into the ground because I wanted to be normal. I wanted to be accepted. So I found myself in my adult years. I was the mother of six children. I was running a full-time cleaning company out of my home. Um, I was homeschooling all of my children. I had just given birth. And on top of that, I had tons of other weighty, heavy responsibilities um, in, involved with the service of my church resting on my shoulders. It was a year, they were years of stress. So from about the year 2000 to about 2006, I was just burdened with this overwhelming burden of stress and pressure. And my body was on this cortisol adrenaline high for about six years and your body cannot maintain that. And so what happened to me is that I got sicker and sicker and I said to my husband one day, I feel like I'm dying. Like, I feel like I'm going to die. And if I don't make a change in what's happening with my life, I'm going to lose it. I'll have a nervous breakdown. So I sold my company. I put my kids in school. I, um, we moved. And then I ended up just kind of walking away from a lot of those heavy responsibilities that I had on my shoulders. And I found myself sitting on my sofa, nursing a new baby, and just kind of staring into the abyss. So my first experience was after giving birth, I wanted to get back in shape. I wanted to take good care of my body. So I started running. And about a month into that regimen, I was out on a rural road in Idaho where we lived at the time on a run. I'd been running for a month. I loved it. I was feeling great. I was getting back into shape and feeling healthy. And, um, all of a sudden I collapsed on the side of the road. I was about a mile from home. I fell, I collapsed. I lost the use of my extremities. So my arms stopped working, my legs stopped working. I could barely breathe and I could barely move. And I think that looking back, I think my body was in shock um, just from the stress and the trauma of it all. And um, I was able to limp my way back home. I did make it home. I crawled into bed where I stayed for the next couple of months, just recovering from that experience. It was excruciating to come back into my body, so to speak. I mean, I when I tell people that story, I, I tell them I feel like it almost felt like unseen forces had grabbed me, punched me in the face and left me for dead on the side of the road, but there was nobody there, right? There was no actual 
beating up, but I felt like I'd been beaten and tortured through the veil and, um, and then left to recover from that experience. So I nursed my way back to health, but in that two months period of time, I laid in bed for a long time resting. My kids would go to school. I would go back to bed and I would stay there until everybody came home at the end of the day. And while I was laying in bed, I would have these drifting in and out of the body experiences. Sometimes I would, I, I would separate enough from the body that I could kind of see my body from up above. I would hover above it and, and, um, and have those kinds of in and out experiences. They were little tiny glimpses, nothing really that I thought was anything major. I thought it was just me going in and out of consciousness. And that went on for a couple of months. I was able to nurse my way back to health. And I, I did take very good care of my body. I tried my best to be more aware, more sensitive, to treat myself better. Um, so two years later, I tried it again. I thought, you know what? I'm better. I've been eating right. I've been taking good care, doing self-care. I'm ready. And I wanted to start working out again and taking more action of physically helping my physical body. I did not know at the time that my adrenals still were in a place where they could not handle that. And um, it happened again. So I joined an exercise group with a bunch of women from my church. We were in a park. And again, the same pattern. I was about a month into these daily workouts with these women, and I was trying to keep it pretty um, even keel. Like I was taking it easy and just doing the best that I could. But same thing happened. I got dizzy. I got weak. I got nauseated. Uh, this was this came on a day that I wasn't feeling my best. Anyways, I was kind of fatigued and a little bit tired. But I thought, you know what? No pain, no gain. I'm just going to push through. <laughs> that's not a good, that's not a good way to live your life is to brute force it. So I was not listening to what my body was saying. It needed rest and it wanted rest. And I was not giving it the, the attention and the honor that it deserved. And I collapsed. Um, I laid on the ground. I did not pass out. I did not faint. I was very aware. I was very conscious the whole time that it was happening. But I remember laying on the ground and, and noticing I couldn't move my legs. I couldn't move my arms. Everything went numb. Um, and then everything went dark. So I lost my vision, but I was still very awake and very alert and very present. And I will never forget all of the sequence of things that happened. So I, I didn't faint. I didn't pass out. But um, I could hear women kind of making a ruckus, like they were like, something's wrong. There's something wrong. She's not okay. And so they all came over and tried to help me. They tried, they were slapping my face. I wasn't feeling any of that. Um, I was panicking a little bit because I could, I could tell that something not good was happening. And the last thought that went through my mind was, crap, I'm going to die here. I can feel myself separating from the body. And it, and it was not good. And um, what ultimately ended up happening was the lights went out. I couldn't see. I couldn't breathe. I was panicking a bit. And then all of a sudden, the panic flipped over into peace, pure, absolute, undeniable peace and calm and love. And, um, and I wasn't worried anymore. I had no concerns but I could still, I was still very conscious of what was going on around me, even though I couldn't see it. And as I started to separate and pop out of the body just a little bit, 
I went into, I had that tunnel experience where I went into this dark tunnel. I could tell that I was leaving. I could tell that I was going somewhere and I wanted to, I wanted to go deeper into this piece because it felt so amazing. I had spent 25 years of my life in a body that was riddled with fatigue and pain and sickness. So I, of course, wanted to feel good. It felt so liberating and so freeing and so amazing and so easy and effortless. It was one of the most beautiful experiences I think I've ever had. And I wanted to keep going. So as I continued to move down that threshold into that corridor, I, I didn't hear a voice and I didn't see a person, but I felt a presence. Um, it was that love. It was that peace, that beautiful presence. But the presence was standing there like this saying, that's as far as you need to go. <laughs> that was what, that was the words that I felt like I felt in my being at the time was that's as far as you need to go. And so I just kind of hovered in this little threshold for a time of darkness, but I could hear the women around me, some were crying, some were on their phones calling 911. Um, at some point in time, I had pulled away enough from the body that I could kind of look back and witness the, like this 360 scene. I could see the environment. I could see the stress. I could feel the stress, but it didn't make any sense to me. I remember thinking to myself, why are they acting like that? Like I felt bad for them because it was so traumatizing for them. But I was not having the same experience. Like I did have that little bit of panic in the beginning, but it flipped so quickly into peace that the panic and the chaos didn't last. And I felt bad. Uh, I could even see one woman was trying to resuscitate. She was slapping my face and she was trying to get me to breathe. And she said, come on, Janet, you gotta breathe. And I remember thinking, I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to go back into that. Like, this is better, right? The experience I was having was amazing. It was the first time I'd ever been liberated from what I felt like was a prison, which was my physical body that had been sick for so long. And, um, and it was an amazing experience. Uh, the, the woman that was trying to resuscitate me, she said, um, she was getting frustrated because she, she kept slapping me and trying to get me to wake up and, and I wouldn't. She said that my lips were blue. They could not get a pulse. They called 911. I ended up waking up again. So it wasn't a long time that I was out, but I ended up coming back into the body about the time that the ambulance arrived and they started doing their tests. And then I did go to the hospital. They did some tests on me and then they released me and sent me home to rest. But one of the things that I noticed when I came back into the body was this overwhelming feeling that I had new perspective. So I was starting to see the world. I was watching my children and I could see into their souls. I could see who they were as divine, infinite beings. And it was luminous. It was glorious to witness human beings in that way. And I still have that ability to see through the crust, the physical crust of the human body and see the glory of of someone's divine eternal identity and that was one of the gifts that it left me with but um so as i separated from the body witnessed that experience got some perspective there were three things that i felt like i learned um 
in that new perspective that I gained. And a lot of the perspective came after I got home and spent that time in bed resting and recovering and trying to come all the way back into the body. But the first thing that I learned was we aren't the body. So I remember thinking as I separated out and I was watching the scene, I was witnessing the chaos and the fear and the terror in these poor women who were clearly not having the same experience that I was having as I'm just floating in this place of absolute peace and love and um, clarity. And so as I looked back at my physical body, I realized I thought that was me. I, I actually made the, the connection. If I'm not that, if I'm not that clump of dirt and water and cells that's inanimate laying on the ground that everyone's freaking out over, that I felt like I was a prisoner to for so long, if that's not me, who am I? What is this? Why am I still conscious? Why do I feel amazing, limitless, powerful, infinite? Why am I having this experience and who am I then if I'm not that body? So the first thing that I learned when I popped out was we are not the body. You carry this body with you in this mortal dimension, but you are not, the body is not the sum total of you. It's a part of you for sure. It's helping you have experience, but it is not the sum total. And um, the second thing that I learned uh, through that experience is that death is not real. Death is an illusion. It's a corridor. It's a, it's a process. It's a phase that we go through when we travel in and out of different dimensions. But death is not real. There is no end to the infinite eternal nature of who you really are. And at that level, without the body attached to you, without you carrying that body around, you are divine, eternal, infinite, glorious um, intelligence and light and truth and love. That's the essence of who we are as, as human beings. Um, the third thing that I think that I... I learned in that experience is that it's important, it's very important, vitally important that we stay true to the authenticity of who we really are as infinite divine identities. And so that was the third thing that I, that I realized, I guess recognized was we have to stay true to that part of ourselves. If we don't, the consequences can be devastating and there are biological consequences for that, for swallowing down, pushing away, um, you know, choking out the true aspects of who you really are as a spiritual being. We're all spiritual beings. We're not physical beings. We are spiritual beings having a physical activity with dirt and water that we call our bodies. And we're just illuminating those bodies. And so the next um, several years of my life, I really devoted to learning, I got to heal, I've got to recover, I've got to do some inner work, I've got to figure out how to get back to that. What was that? Who am I when I'm not attached to the body? And how can I reconnect with that and still live my life? And so I started studying quantum healing, quantum physics a little bit. I dabbled in that. But I, I got certified in quantum healing. And as I went down that road, I started to realize that um, what my teachers were teaching me 
was how to have an, um, an NDE that was not an out-of-body experience, but a deep inner body experience. And I started to learn how to replicate um, spirit travel and higher levels of consciousness and going to heaven and communicating with angels and talking to my ancestors and, and visiting with the dead through the veil, but not by popping out of my body. I learned how to do it by going deep inside of my body. And that ultimately is what healed my physical body of 25 years of autoimmune illness. And so it, it, it was it was a powerful awakening to realize we cannot suppress the true identity of who we really are as divine beings. I had that experience in 2009. In 2017, my mother passed away. And about a month after she passed away, she came to me in a vision, in a visitation. And she stood at the foot of my bed and she showed herself to me in a way that I had never witnessed her before. It was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my entire life. And to this day, I still can't come up with words that would even satisfy what I witnessed, but I saw her divinity. I saw her higher self. I saw her not in the way that she looked when she was in her physical body, but standing in her glory. She was tall and slender and full of light and glory and brightness and love and peace. And it was majestic. I, I don't even know if I can come up with better words than that, but I remember my jaw hitting the floor going, mom, I just couldn't believe it. I knew it was her because I felt her presence and I saw the light in her eyes. I, I recognized that familiar look coming from her and, and I knew it was her. And she just stood there and pointed at herself and went, look, this is me. Basically showing me she knew, she knew her higher self at this point. And I asked her whether or not she had ever known that that was who she really was when she lived in the flesh and she said no. And after that, I remember thinking to myself, that's tragedy. It's tragic that a human being can go 80 plus years living in a body, but never really knowing who they are on a divine level. And I get that we're here to be veiled. And I get that we're here to have lessons and learn away from that perspective, but it still is tragic to me because we can facilitate knowing that part of ourselves. And so that's where my healing came. That's where greater levels of understanding came. That's where the integration came. And that was the turning point for me to where I did start having travel, astral travel within my body, um, learning about the cosmos, learning from God, standing in God's presence, connecting with loved ones through the veil. Um, uh, my appreciation for life expanded a thousandfold. It was almost like somebody had put on a new set of glasses and I was looking at the world through a totally different lens. The colors were brighter. The world was different. Everything had shifted from that point in time on for me. And, um, and it was a powerful experience. I will never forget. A lot of people look at near-death experiencers and they, they think, oh, they're special. They had that near-death out-of-body experience. I've had people come to me before and say, I want to have an experience like that. I want to almost die. I want to go to heaven and, and see God and connect with angels and travel the cosmos and, and experience this too. Like I'm, I'm wanting to have that. And what I've realized through my journey is that 
We're all doing that. So my near-death experience has happened over the course of my entire life, all the way up till now, and it's still going. It's still happening. It started when I was a baby, being very sensitive. I had to push that away. So one of the things that I, that I came up with was that I feel like there are six phases of an NDE or a, you know, a deeply profoundly expansion in consciousness. I don't even like the word NDE because I, I don't believe that death is real. I, I think that it's an illusion. Um, but there are six phases to having an experience like this and anybody can have it. I'm not special and neither is anybody else who has these um, traveling through the veil experiences. They're just catalysts for our expansion and our growth and our learning. So the six phases are this. The first phase is the lost phase where you feel like you're not connected. You've either shoved that deeper part of yourself away and you feel lost. You've lost touch with the divine. The second phase is the trauma phase where you go through something like uh, a car accident or in my case, it was illness to the degree that um, I had adrenal failure, right? And popped out of the body. So the trauma phase is really, it's that jolt that wakes you up and says, hey, you're not just a physical human being made of flesh. You're more than that. Wake up. So that's the trauma phase. The third phase is the collapse phase, <laughs> right? So my, my collapsing was collapsing on the side of the road and falling into bed and, and really just kind of drifting away from the body. So if you were in a car accident or something, that's the time period where you surrender your body is collapsed. There's nothing you can do. And you know, there's nothing you can do. And so you have to surrender to the process and surrender to the experience and um, die, so to speak. Everyone will experience this in their lifetime at some point in time. So it's, in, it's important that we recognize what phase of an NDE are we in. My phase came later in my life when I was on total overwhelm and my body could do no more pushing and no more swallowing of myself. Um, the fourth phase is the astral projection phase where you do travel the cosmos and you experience things that you've never really experienced before. You have higher expanded visions of consciousness and what's real and, and what the universe is all about, where you gain knowledge and you receive these downloads. That phase didn't happen for me while I had my near-death experience. It happened after when I came home and went through the healing and recovery part. That was when the astral travel happened for me. And it didn't happen by leaving my body. It happened when I learned quantum healing and learned how to go deep inside of my body. That was when I started having those kinds of downloads and higher expanded levels of consciousness and awareness and appreciation for the world. The fifth phase is the return and the report phase where you're given instructions and a choice. It's important to remember we always have the choice. When I, when I felt like I was traveling through that corridor, I felt this presence and a hand that said, that's as far as you need to go. But I knew that I could keep going if I wanted to. I was given the choice. And most people that share their NDE stories will tell you they were given a choice. And so that's that phase is you're given an opportunity to return and report and tell your story. So the sixth phase is the restoration phase. This is the place, this is the time where we integrate the learning that came. 
This is the time in life where for me, the integration was, wow, I'm looking at the world through this new lens and it's amazing. And I need to tell everybody about it. And I've, I've recognized, I've learned things about myself. I've learned things about my spirituality. I've learned things about the universe. I've learned about God, things that I never, ever thought that I would have access to. Um, that is the integration and the restoration phase. And so the, those are the six phases of what I believe is um, all about spiritual awakening. And you don't have to die to have those experiences. You can have an NDE, so to speak, without dying every day if you want to. <laughs>